podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Stretford Paddock. This is the Paddock Podcast. My name is Joe. I'm joined by Jay. Stephen Housen will be with us momentarily. Don't you worry about that. How are you doing, Jay? First of all, the day after Manchester United won the Manchester derby, 2-0. It's fantastic, uh, what do you think it? to the term in their own backyard? Yeah. What do you think to that? <laughs> we went there and we beat them in their own backyard. Again, eh? it's becoming a sort of regular occurrence, isn't it? Winning at the Etihad. Um, I think... <laughs> I mean, if you look at, you know, we went there last season, we won in the uh, Carabao Cup, went there and won in the league as well. And then we did it again yesterday and it was topped off by the fact that the... Uh, the Scousers lost 6-0 at home to Fulham. No, 6-0, I wish. 1-0 at home to Fulham, which was their sixth straight home defeat. So, all in all, a fantastic day to be a Manchester United fan. Yeah. It might as well have been 6-0, isn't it? The way, the, the way they're going about. Um, we're going to be talking about a few things today. One of the things I want to talk about is United's defence and the fact that we're currently, uh, we currently have five clean sheets in the last six, which... It's funny because I heard someone on the radio say that yesterday after the game. United now five clean sheets in the last six. And before that, everyone was going about how United couldn't score. Because three of those were nil-nils. You heard it on the radio? Yeah. Was it you that said it on the radio? Someone else said it on the radio. <laughs> it's not just me. It's not ju- when I go on the radio, it's not like there's one I channel. I thought you'd said it and thought, on radio. and thought you'll come here now and say, I heard someone on the radio say that. No. Um, but we're going to look at Luke Short. We're going to look at Dean Henderson oh, as well. Controversial. Um, because I, th- I think they are two very crucial parts to Man United's defence. And I yes. think we'll look a bit about uh, Maguire and Lindelof as well. Um what about Anwar Bissaka? But we we kind of know he's good defensively. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He sort yeah. of gets away with with it in these conversations because he, he can do that. Do you think that United have been unfairly criticised in the in recent weeks for the nil nils, or do you think it's fair enough? And now we are sort of taking a win at the end of the tunnel there, and then retro retroactively or retrospectively saying, "Oh, it's it's five clean sheets in the last six when really we've scored like two goals or three goals in the last five. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think there was a little bit OTT about it, a little bit of OTT-ness, if that's a thing. T-ness. Um I thought the Crystal Palace one was disgusting. I'm not going to defend that. It was terrible. It was a terrible game of football. Yeah. Uh, United were pretty awful. Um, and yeah, it just wasn't a good day at the office at all for them. Um, I thought the, the 0-0 at Stamford Bridge, I don't think it was that bad a result. If you look mm. at Chelsea under Tuchel, they've been, uh, are they unbeaten? Yeah, in the league. Yeah, so I actually think they are overall to be Yeah, so it's not the end of the world getting a mm-hmm. nil-nil there at Stamford Bridge, either in that context of that game or historically. And also the the Sociedad, the um, dead rubber, we'd already beaten 4-0. So when yeah. you look at some of these nil-nils, it's not that bad. Two of them are quite defensible, aren't they? Like, yeah. Um, what was the other one? The Not the not the Chelsea one. What was the other one? You said there was five. Uh, not all nil-nils. Three of them were nil-nils. Oh, sorry, sorry, right. Five yeah. clean sheets. Five so clean the sheets, home sorry. against Sociedad, yeah. the three nil-nils you mentioned, and then obviously oh, the City game. Yeah. Um, so like, look at that. It's not like quite as dramatic as some people yeah. have made out. I think you have to look at the context of it. So what makes me laugh about the problems we've been going up, going through is a lot of people have been blaming the likes of Harry Maguire yeah. um, and our defence. You think, well, defensively, we're all right. That's not mm. the issue. It's further up the pitch. Well, the it's issue. weird because defensively, last season, United were kind of thought to be a bit shaky at the back. Yeah. And yet we had one of the best clean sheet records in Europe. I think maybe the best in terms of the number of clean sheets yeah, we yeah. kept in the season. Um, and then this season, for a long time, we had. I think we may still have one of the worst 
defensive records, as in goals conceded, in the top half. Uh, for a while, it was it was the the worst. So defensively, we aren't that good in terms of the number of goals conceded. But again, we are ticking over with these clean sheets. And and uh, Dean Henderson, I think he's had five clean sheets in a row in the games he's played in. Um, we'll move on to Dean Henderson because I, I want to talk about that. And I've got a little excerpt from from the the Telegraph today after after the game yesterday. So this is from uh, James Ducker in the Telegraph. Um, and he's uh, spoken about Dean Henderson saying, the easy option would have been for Henderson to roll the ball out to his right. Now, this is for United's second goal against City yesterday that Dean Henderson started with, with a throw out. Uh, the easy option would have been Henderson to roll the ball out to his right. But, but uh, sorry, having taken his time to carefully survey the scene, the England goalkeeper spotted the space, opened up on the United's left and flung a 30-yard throw out to Shaw. The ball bounced perfectly in front of Shaw. And with Jao Cancelo making the unwise decision to try to try to intercept it, United's impressive left back was able to take the ball on his chest and ghost past uh, City in one movement. Henderson did have a nice presence about him, and United's defence seemed to draw confidence from the man behind them, not least with his willingness to come and meet uh, and collect those high balls that too often seem to bring the worst in De Gea. Do you agree with what he said there in terms of the fact that 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 ball out to Shaw was something that maybe De Gea wouldn't have done, and the the the, the collecting of the balls, and do you think that he brings it an extra assuredness to the whole defence, not just what he does in in terms of you know saving shots? Yeah, I hundred percent agree with uh, pretty much all of that. I think that people, I mean, on the post match live, I said that he did well, David De- uh, David De- uh, Dean Henderson to mm. throw the ball out, and we sort of wax lyrical about it during the watch long, and, and a few people in the comments saying well, it wasn't that amazing a throw; it's just a mm. decent throw. But I think sometimes David De Gea doesn't do that. He tends to do this thing where he'll collect the ball. When he's got the ball, he'll wait. He'll wait till people have moved up, and then he'll usually kicks it. It was quite sort of quick thinking by Dean Henderson. I think there's definitely a, an improvement in terms of the the way he commands his area on David De Gea. I think that's always been a flaw in David De Gea's game, and I think that that must filter through to the defense. And also, mm. what you've seen now with Oli is what well, I know it's slightly different yesterday because we we're more counter-attacking. We are defending a, a much higher. We are sort of pushing up the pitch more. Mm. The defensive line is a much higher up. And if, you know you need to have a lot of confidence in your, in your goalkeeper when you defend the line. I think sometimes if you're not, if you don't, you tend to revert a little bit back to sort of dropping deep and things like that. So when you've got a goalkeeper who can play out from the back, who has that confidence, and Dean Henderson does, and we've seen Harry Maguire, for example. I know he came unstuck against Sheffield United, but mm. usually it works where Harry Maguire will play it back to Dean Henderson and, and they'll sort of pass it about a little bit more around the back between the goalkeeper. You don't always see that with David De Gea, and I think that. The argument with De Gea has always been he's the greatest shot stopper mm. at times on the planet. Yeah. So he's the flaws in his game when it comes to his distribution and his command in his box are worth sort of taking because of the the advantage you get from having yeah. David De Gea in goal who's so amazing at shot stopping. But I think now it's I think it's sort of that close that I'd actually give the edge to Dean Henderson. And this isn't a reaction just from yesterday's performance because mm-hmm. I think me and you've been debating this pretty much for 18 months on and off since, you know, the full-time Devils days. I think we're at a place now where Dean Henderson deserves to start. Yeah, and we've got a comment from Kwame, uh, and he said, United gets unfair treatment because we're United. Luke Shaw has been splendid. Hendo will eventually be number one. Feels good to wake up this morning. All in. It does feel good to wake up this morning. Um, with Henderson, um, one of the things that kind of you see players do, especially players that are on the cusp of a first-team role and I know he's got a first team role but he's not the, the first choice it's taking advantage of, of situations that are given to you or that are unfold before you and obviously De Gea is away at the moment he's had a baby he's you know looking after the baby and his wife and those sorts of things um, and it's given 
I think the reports before the game yesterday, there may be sort of five or six games for, for Henderson in a row here to prove himself. Do you think there's a chance that when De Gea comes back, he isn't the number one anymore? Or do you think that no matter what this season, De Gea is going to come back in, he's still number one and we'll decide at the end of the year? <sighs> there's a part of me that thinks Ollie does favour De Gea and, and will just stick with him because he's his guy and he's always stuck with him despite some of the mistakes we've seen from David De Gea over the last 18 months or so because we have seen quite a few, especially mm. by his standards. But then I reminded of the fact that Oli does have a ruthless streak. People forget that. Mm. People think he's this sort of kindly, you know, avuncular type character who's just always got his arm around the players and, oh, I'm, you know, come on, mate, we'll be all right. Hi, Rashi, you're all right, mate. Yeah, everything's mm. going to be, you know, okay. But... We saw how he got rid of certain players, the likes of Fellaini, Lukaku, Sanchez. Didn't mess about there. Jesse Lingard, we saw how you know, he moved him on or, or be on loan. And also we've seen him remonstrating with certain players as well on the touchline. I think he's got that in him. And I think that he's got that ruthless streak and he'll know, or I think he'd know if it was me, that Dean Henderson is a better option at the minute for Manchester United. And you're likely to get more points with him in goal. And I think that's what should be the overriding factor in this decision. And I think that if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants to keep the United job, he has to make these tough decisions. And I'm not saying that if he sticks with the hair, he's going to lose his job or anything like that. I think that it's the sort of, these are the types of decisions that you have to make as a Manchester United manager, the ruthless ones, the one that Sir Alex Ferguson used to make all the time, where you don't let sentiment, you don't let what you've done two years ago mm. affect what's going on now. Two years ago, Dean Henderson was, what, 21? Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't an issue. And also, David De Gea's form was great. Fast forward two years, we've had a lot of incidents where David De Gea's had poor games, mm. made mistakes... Dean Henderson enjoying those two years has gone from strength to strength and now for me he's ready to maybe not be the answer to United's goalkeeping problems maybe he comes in and you know in the summer even or in the year from now we're going okay but I think he deserves to start over David De Gea really yeah think. that's a good point that I think regardless of whether he's still United's number one in five years that doesn't mean he shouldn't be starting now because he he has been better recently he he and and it's hard to sort of quantify when it, when a goalkeeper comes out and collects the ball these I used to say the same thing about Rio Ferdinand as, as a defender you can't there isn't a stat and there isn't a, a compilation or a highlight of what what a player stopped happening like he stops our defenders having to head that ball out. He stops a one-on-one -on -one aerial duel between a centre-back or a full-back and, and their attacker by coming out and collecting the ball. You can't put a price or you can't put a stat or a highlight or a video or anything on here's what we know Dean Henderson stopped by collecting the ball because you obviously can't read into the future. But what we can see based on what De Gea does, which again, all of these things I'm saying about De Gea are under the sort of knowledge that David De Gea has been an incredible goal, uh, goalkeeper for Manchester United. We were, you know, stuck and we, we know what it's like to be stuck in the sort of quagmire of no first choice goalkeeper or no world class goalkeeper for roughly 10 years between Schmeichel and, and Van der Sar or seven years, whatever it was. We know what that's like. So I'm not, you know, devalue anything De Gea has done or saying that it's easy to just come up with a top class goalkeeper out of nowhere. Um, but that still doesn't, like you said, you're not immune from criticism or from praising another player just because of that. Um, but yeah, you can't really quantify how helpful it is. But as I said, when you watch De Gea and you watch the defence around De Gea, it's, it seems shakier. Like uh, Maguire having to make that header against Newcastle, it was a shit header. But should he have had to make that header? 
And again, there's, there's, there's a few examples of that, a few obvious examples of that. I think the, um, the Leipzig game in the second leg, in the, well, not the second leg, the second game against Leipzig in the Champions League, their third goal, the ball just comes all the way across the six-yard line. Like, you, you can't really say, well, Henderson would have got there. You don't know he would have got Everton's there. Everton's a good example. Everton's yeah. another yeah. good example. And a few set pieces, Sheffield United one, yes, he was fouled, but it wasn't the, the, the hardest of fouls. No. A goalkeeper with a bit more momentum, a bit more... Uh, belief almost. Belief maybe, yeah, would have maybe got to that ball just enough to flick it on. All you have to do is stop him winning the header or distract him. He didn't even distract their player, let alone win the ball, let alone punch it clear. So it is going to be difficult to say oh, Henderson's done something De Gea wouldn't have done. Because like I said, there's no real stat for chances you prevented. No, you're right. But you it's know. clear he's doing that. And, and the clean sheets are there to prove it, I think. They are. And I think it was you talking about yesterday. And it's sometimes the, 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 the stats and clean sheets can give you a bit of a skewed picture because Dean Henderson might have been playing against lesser teams in the early rounds of the cup or whatever. Um, so you look at it and you've always kept all these clean sheets. Some of those clean sheets may have been against opposition where... Mm-hmm. And expect him to keep a clean sheet, and we've not been as under the cosh as much yeah. as we would have been had we been facing one of the the better teams. But I think when you look at his performances and against some good teams as well, City being one of them, mm-hmm. um, even against Crystal Palace, he didn't have a lot to do. He had one save to make, though, and he made it. Yeah. He did well. So, yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's performing well, and I think that for me, we've been saying this for months. Is it is it time for Dean Henderson? And the more I see of him, and the more I see of David De Gea this season, the more that I sort of tend to think that it is time to give Dean all. Or Hendo, the number one spot. What that do you reckon? Fuckers, what we talking about? Stephen Housen arrives. Um, we're talking about Dean Henderson at the moment. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, whether he deserves uh, to carry on as United's number one and whether you think he will be number one by the time De Gea returns. Um, what you've made of his, what have you made of him so far? He's got games to, yeah. to, to give a, a goal for it, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a lot more confident in our back line when he's in it. Mm. Um yeah, I would definitely say that. I'm definitely more confident in our back line when he's in it. I love how he comes claiming for crosses. I like that he started a couple of attacks. That's yeah. something I'm I'm very happy with. Uh, can he be number one? I mean, Ollie's got to come out and sort of back his number one keeper, hasn't he? But I reckon mm. privately he's given him the eyes like... Mm. Mm. like he's he's not a chance that he's not said to Dean Henderson, hey, if you, you know, <laughs> if you keep clean, six clean sheets, mm. how can you not say that he's earning the right to be number one. And I was just saying before you got here about it's kind of hard to put a statistic on the chances that Henderson collecting the ball in in the air prevents. You can't really say, oh, we prevented that chance because it never happened. Do you think that United's recent run of clean sheets, and I think it's five in a row for Henderson now, admittedly some of them against lesser opposition, but do you think that's a coincidence and just a product of playing against that weaker opposition, or do you think he does prevent chances by being more dominant? I think his, his save percentage is higher. I think that's something that you can measure. Yeah. You, like you said, you can't measure chances that didn't happen because he prevented something earlier in the move. But the you know, that one, which game was it? Where I, I tweeted where the there was two identical-ish crosses yeah. and uh, was it Newcastle and Sociedad? Yes, sounds yeah. about right. So you had uh, yeah. So Henderson comes and claims one for Sociedad, ends up throwing, um, setting away, and Marcus scores. And then De Gea stays on his line. We end up conceding. It's a net positive of two goals mm. from from two identical crosses. And those, I remember when you tweeted that, and those videos were 
ridiculously similar. <laughs> it was yeah, like, people going, they're not exactly the same. I know, but it was like, yeah, but it's, 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 it's a like, cross from yeah. the right hand side, and it was a lofted cross yeah. from about 25, 30 yeah. yards Dropping out. it right on the edge of the six yards. It, yeah. was, it couldn't have got any closer if you sort of recreated it. And it's one of those training. things that the, the difference is because I saw some people with that, and for those who didn't see it, it was basically just De Gea stays on his line for one. And, and Maguire heads the ball to sit Maximan who smashed it in the roof and it's a shit header from Maguire but that's not really the point of the of the video and the other one is Henderson coming out and just claiming the ball comfortably no fuss and, no nothing and that was a lot of the replies as yeah. well Maguire should have done better with the header yeah yes yeah of course but yeah he doesn't have it's to it's a make lot that easier header. to catch the ball and not give it yeah. away than it is because to head what? it backwards my arms are a lot taller than yeah. my head and, but the, the, the key to that is is when you watch that video you watch those two videos or anyone who saw it it's not like, well, De Gea would have had to do... It's the starting position. Correct. Henderson is four yards out when that cross comes in. De Gea is like a step off his line. Henderson's like almost already there. It's so like it's he's been much told more... he's not allowed to leave it, yeah. almost. It's, I, don't, I don't quite get that because maybe just he likes being on his line so he gets the furthest distance the ball can travel before he has to make the save. I don't know what it is. Guess who I've just had on the podcast? Who have you had? Who did you think it was? Well, I mean, I can guess based on what you said before. Go on. Is that what you want me to guess? <laughs> yeah. Jack Grealish? Robbie Savage. Have you? Really? <laughs> yeah. Very much the sort of Jack Grealish of 2003. <laughs> would you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said no sort one, of. ever. Um, Jamie Burton with the Super Chat said, Dave's first child, 100%. This makes him move back to Spain. His wife lives there with COVID and not been able to pop back so easily. I think he may ask to go. That's a point that's maybe worth mentioning. But the he, reason he's, he's on paternity is because she wasn't coming here for it. Yeah, she wanted to stay there. Of which course. And he's already made that attempt to go to Madrid once. We know he's happy to go back to Spain. It's not like he's like, I want to live in England. Um, Peter Kelly, De Gea apparently wanted to stay in England. I think that's in response to that. Do you think Ole said to him uh, he could go as a way to drop him without actually dropping him or making news? I think Solskjaer's um, man management in times like this has been pretty spectacularly good. Yep. And I would say this probably could get filed underneath. Like, this is Manchester United. Mm. It's an absolute shitstorm if he drops De Gea. Yeah. yeah. He's United's, we think, most expensive player, most highly paid player, certainly there or thereabouts. Yeah. yeah. One of the highest played players in the league. It's not like you just drop him and everyone goes, Oh, do you remember that Spanish fellow that we used to have? Do you remember when Rooney got dropped by was it Mourinho, head of one of the derbies? And there was like a line of photographers just waiting at the dugout for him to go sit in it. Yeah. And you're just like, Remember when Fergie dropped him for the Real Madrid game? And that was the massive talking point before the Real Madrid game was that Wayne Rooney had been dropped for. Joe, my time up is like an absolute goldmine, isn't it? It is. It's, yeah, I mean, it's. Proper cancelled. Very much a double-edged sword that time, <laughs> yeah. up, I think. Times have moved on. I was bringing this up those, for a reason. Those views. So shut up, so David. Well, obviously it was the anniversary not so long ago of the, the Real Madrid game. Yeah. And uh, my status the following morning, the son have got Rooney going to PSG yeah. and they only give Welbeck a 6 out of 10, which tells you that the son knows fuck all about fuck all. Mm. Very true yeah. on on both fronts. You stand by it. Stood the test of time, that, it didn't did. it? It uh, did. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about Dean Anderson, both of you. Um, do you rate him in terms of the way he communicates with his defence more than David Day? Is that a real thing, or is that getting overblown? Because I keep seeing this, and I, I keep seeing, and I, and I've not, I've not seen as much evidence of it. I've seen a little bit, mm. but then I'm thinking. It's like David Hay doesn't speak to his defence the way some people go, and well, I'm not having that one. I asked someone who knows. Okay, that's um, so fair It's enough. a good start, isn't it? I know. So piss off, Jay. Well, no, I, you know, that's fair. I've admitted that I don't know. Well, so I asked Rio. perfectly good. I asked Rio, does De Gea speak? And he went, no, but he goes, he was young when I played in front of him, and I can imagine he didn't necessarily want to bollock like me and Vidic. 
which you can kind of get. He goes, although I don't think he's really developed that side of his game anyway. Mm. Right, okay. And then he, you know, he started to compare what Van der Sar was like, and it was like almost like pilot and co-pilot instructions. Yeah. Do like quite measured, basic instructions rather than the Peter Schmeichel get out. Mm. No, everything's yeah. on fire. Kind of goalkeeping. Um, and I said, which do you prefer? And he went, the Van der Sar style. He goes, I'm a pretty chill player. I like it chill. I like to be in control and all that lot. He goes, Schmeichel would have done my head in. There's a good point here from Juan Martinez, and he said, De Gea's on way too much money for his form in the, in the last few years. It's also nearing the end of us ever being able to sell him. Hendo's the future. Do you agree with that? Like, if we're going to get any money for De Gea, it may have to be this summer because once he's after post thirty, you don't. Think, you know, I don't. I think because he's on, it's like three hundred seventy-five bag. And is, is he the most expensive or the most highly paid goalkeeper in history or something like Could that? Could not be. Could yeah. not. Who'd be on board with him? I think yeah. And also, there's this Maybe. thing with the, the trouble you got to remember with David de Gea is his star has dimmed a little bit. Mm. Not just here, but in Spain, he's had some poor performances for the Spanish national team where he was. Panned at the World Cup. Panned at the World Cup, mm-hmm. blamed. And he, has, he doesn't have that protection that sometimes you have in Spain where if you play for Real Madrid, certain papers will back you. Mm. Play for Barcelona, other papers will back you. Other papers, sorry, will back you. You don't have any of that. He plays for United, so So, yeah, so he's got all the... <laughs> yeah, he's got the entire press are quite happy to vilify him. And I think that now he isn't going to sort of attract all the attention mm. and desire that a Real Madrid or maybe, you know, like Barcelona might look to him and go, okay, yeah, we'll have him. I think, yeah, clubs will still want... Uh, David De Gea but if you look at who he's been linked with I think me and you had it on the, the uh, live the other, the other week it's it's good clubs I think it was like was it Juve or yeah. PSG or you know I think we're Atletico mentioned there maybe, maybe but, um, yeah. certainly big names big names but not Wolves or Black similar age to yeah, De Gea I don't, I only know. Early I don't know I think I I'm thought not sure it was I, know, I don't think it was Athletic. I think it was PSG Juventus and some um, wasn't wasn't Munich, was it? It was by Munich. Was it by Munich? It was, right. yeah. So three big clubs, I know. I mean Neuer's thirty five right. though, yeah. isn't it? On that basis then, that's a journalist making shit up. Yeah, it probably is. I mean most of the transfer stories are. My point being is I don't see there's a lot of rumours, even rumours about oh Real Madrid now are in for him again. Mm. Look at the Spanish situation as well with money and that. Are they going all out to spend 40, 50, 60 yeah. million quid plus None another of the thirty big Spanish million teams quid? Need a goalkeeper. They don't need a goalkeeper, they haven't got the money for it. And it's not that, and they need Barcelona, to spend money elsewhere. People need to talk about this. Barcelona are a billion in debt. I know that makes hard that look. look and, they're, cute. and they're trying yeah. to pay. Well, how much it? is Messi's wage? Isn't it like two million a month a week? It will be if he signs his new one. What did you just say, in my ear? Then that's what he's currently on. He's one point two million. Yeah. Yeah. The new one was what? two. Wow. That's the, what, I mean, that they just did the everything they could, couldn't they, to keep hold of him? Yeah. Wow. Um, so I'm not taking a pay cut for no one. Nope. Uh, we've got a super chat from Abdullah. Uh, he said, in 2014-15, Gary Neville did an analysis on the improvements De Gea made from previous years in which he improved his catching and coming off his line. He seems to have gone backwards since then. Do you agree? Do you remember that, first of all? And do you agree that, that he's gone backwards in, in that time? I definitely think he's gone backwards. I also think that sometimes a player can just be a system player and it works in this system, doesn't work in this system. And that includes goalkeepers. Yeah. A, a certain style of system, like a, a United team that Lukaku. was a bit of the underdog, yeah, a, a bit of the underdog, uh, a team that's maybe conceding quite a lot of shots in certain places, but it's shots from outside the box rather mm-hmm. than work goals or like crosses. Like maybe that's what we conceded a lot of under Louis and, and Jose when he was winning a player of the season. And maybe for those reasons, he got to highlight his best attributes, which is his reflex saving, which might be the, still the best in the world in terms yeah. of those reflex saves. 
but now maybe the game's changed. Like the rules have literally changed in terms of playing out. Are things like that starting mm, to have an impact in terms of the the efficiency of De Gea, the abilities of De Gea? Is there a, just a different focus on what we need as a football team? And as a consequence, is, is he looking in a worse light? Because that it could also be form. It could also be lockdown. It could also be the fact mm. that his wife lives in another and country. And has been pregnant clearly for the last nine months. Yeah. So, you know, so. yeah, I mean, you're right to take those things into consideration. And I think we dismiss things like lockdown, like the mental fatigue that can cause for players. But it has been two stuff. years now, hasn't but, it? But yeah, that was the point I was getting to. He's like, you're right. So since Spurs... Close to three, really. Since was it Spurs, the, the Wembley 1-0 when Marcus scored. Mm. The World Cup. Yeah. I, I, but I, I think there was... Jesse's didn't come back for a World Cup either. It was a bit patchy then, but from that Spurs game onwards, it yeah. was, just seemed to be a catalogue. It was like the Derby, Watford, Barca, uh, Barca Chelsea. There was just like, what is going on? Chelsea again. Everton. The, yeah, Everton. Dropped it in the back of his net. And you're like, uh, Arsenal. And you're like, this isn't the, the David De Gea we know. Do you know what I mean? Not and the go guy and making like 13, 14 saves yeah. like he did. In yeah. The yeah. Breaking the record the from yeah. those saves. Yeah. Um, the point you were making before, and that's not one I thought of, when De Gea joined Man United, you couldn't pass the ball inside the 18-yard box no. from a goal kick. Now, I think we must, have, we must have done it half a dozen times, if not 10 times yesterday. We start, <laughs> and not to great effect, I'll say, but we're trying it. We look like an under-7 team we've we, just heard about it. We, we? Yeah. we are passing the ball out from goal kicks it. It was like, to oh our defenders. God. To him. No, him. what are you doing? You. Why have you done that? <laughs> But we no, are, not your hands. But no. we're trying it and we're going for it. And obviously that's part of the rules, like I said. So if the goalkeeper's in and amongst the passing lanes immediately because he's passing it to the six-yard line, he's going to have to get that ball to his feet more often. And, and to be fair, Dean Henderson gave the ball away a couple of times yesterday. Okay. And I think any goalkeeper that is going to be playing out from the back and passing a lot is going to give the ball... Because no one has 100% pass accuracy, no matter how good they are. Goalkeepers are, are typically usually around a 50% mark anyway because a lot of what they do will be the in-close stuff. But they often go for you know, proper low percentage balls over the halfway line. Yeah. And who is accurate over the halfway line? And people in the comments are probably going to say, Edison, he'll still be like 56%. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so it, it, that's always going to be an, another part of it. But yeah, the, the, the crosses and the corners and the stuff, that's the thing for me. Um, and even if it's not Henderson, do you know, do you know what as well? Else. It's that whole thing, and I know this sounds like a sort of basic argument, but Dean Henderson to me looks like someone who believes in himself, believes has that confidence, comes in, and he's like, I yeah. want to get I almost a bravado, one. yeah, and a little bit of that. And sometimes David De Gea to me, is, he's a bit nuts. Well, which which is not a bad yeah, thing. do you know what I mean? Less, yeah, within reason. I mean, and it can it, be a bad thing. Yeah, it depends how Fabian Bart says you want to go. I know you love him. Um, but, I like chaos, Jay. I know you do, mate. That's true. Uh, but with David De Gea, sometimes, <laughs> despite the fact he's our most experienced player or one of them, yeah. he looks like almost nervous. He's got to be our most experienced. Certainly at United. But I mean, I was, was going like, to say Phil Johnson. Is anyone even close? But no, he won't be because he's only got about 200 appearances. Rashford's oh, not right, far right, off. Right. But again, got. though, let's not forget, 12 months ago, the captaincy became available at Manchester United. And no I mean, one... Well, is, anyway. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. one gave any credible reason why De Gea should be the captain. And no one really thought he should be. No, no one's suggesting it. Even now when people like to question Maguire, no one's saying it should it's be all De Gea. Bruno, isn't it? And he's been there five years longer and, than and anyone else. Yeah. And he plays every week. Hang on, so it, if we actually listed this out, it's De Gea was, what, 2011? Yeah, and he's played every game yeah. since then, essentially. Yeah, because that's, yeah. that's the same. He was the same window as... Was he must have made four or five hundred appearances Jones doesn't play anymore. So yeah, you're right. It's, so it's got to be him. De Gea, then who? I mean, what, in terms of experience? In the starting 11, yeah. or you know, let's say the 15, 16 that generally start. I mean, isn't it like Tony Marshall next? Yeah, I would guess it probably would be. Then maybe Rashford, yeah. Shaw. 
Well, sure. sure, it'll, sure. Be sure. It'll, it'll be Shaw sure and then Marshall. Sony. Shaw and Marshall the same year, wasn't it? Yeah, but she wasn't Marshall towards the end of the window and Shaw was and right. also Shaw's had a year out. Yeah. It, well, yeah, whatever. Even yeah. They're, they're in the same season, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So Shaw and Marshall after De Gea. Um, yeah. I mean, Jones, but yeah, he didn't play. Yeah, so... How mad's that? that That's practice. not a lot of experience. Consider no. what left in, like, 2013. Wow. Mm. No. Um, uh, Juan Martinez said, uh, swap De Gea uh, for Juve for... Ronaldo or Dybala love the show. I don't, I don't think, think Ronaldo's very good in that. No, it's not. I, um, yeah, I think I've, me and you've spoken about this a few times. I think Dybala's chances of coming to Old Trafford came and went if it happened. For Dybala, it's just a younger matter. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not sure that there's a spot on the team for a younger yeah. matter. And I don't think Ronaldo's coming back to Old Trafford. I've never no. thought of that, to be honest with you. But a boy can dream, Jay. Yeah, that's, you know, keep the pipe. When do you reckon he's going to retire? Ronaldo. 20, Got to hit 40. Got to hit 40. I think he's 35. Yeah. He will be a passable player for a very good team. I at think 40. he's going to go and do like badge collecting. Like, yeah. I think he's going to, like, I've got a medal from here. Yeah. I'm going to fuck South off. Korean to, League. To, I'm going to go to France. I'm going to go to the German League. I'm going to go to the, the Dutch League. I'm going to go to like the Swiss Premier League because what's that, five games? Like, where's he not won one now? Scotland. Finishing Portugal. Head up to Aberdeen for a I season. mean, even Steven Gerrard's won a league in Scotland, so like can't I hard. can't imagine hey. it'd be that difficult for Ronaldo to win. There's only fucking five teams in a Premier League. Something like that. <laughs> um, Big Doss has said, Dave has been an incredible servant at United, but Henderson hasn't had the same effect on De Gea as Tellez has had on Shaw. Unfortunately, time to move on. Now, speaking of moving on, and speaking of Shaw... That's a great segue to our next point. Nicely done, sir. Thank you very much. James Ducker, who we heard from before, <laughs> talking about uh, Dean Henderson, has spoken about um, Luke Shaw it's in the Telegraph. Rio for Luke Shaw. I'm not going to rinse you. We're just going to no, talk about I it. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not like it's an off-limits <laughs> off like topic. Rinse, um, you know, I you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So this is what James Ducker had to say after the game yesterday. He said, he may have been out of the international picture for two and a half years, but if he maintains this form, he should be firmly in the mix for a starting place at the European Championship finals this summer. This is Luke Shaw, obviously. Yeah. Only City's John Stones, another brace for an England call uh, after too long in the international wilderness, has had a renaissance story to rival Shaw this term. But that Shaw has gone, this was a little later on, and in its place is one of the best left-backs in Europe, <sighs> says James Ducker. Bold statements from Mr. Ducker. Now, whether that final statement is hyperbole for the sake of... You An know, article. United yeah. have yeah. just beat City, and let's go, let's go, go. sell this article or whatever, or yeah. make people click on me. And we can maybe come to some of his weaknesses after, but for now, let's stick to what Luke Shaw has improved on. No, let's yeah. go back to this, because okay. I'm sick of this, and this isn't a Luke Shaw thing, this is a journalist thing. Yes, John Stones has to start for England because X, Y, Z. Yeah. It's like when Trent has to start for England for X, Y, Z. Have you fucking looked at the England squad? You, like, I personally think Solsk- uh, Southgate needs to come up with a strategy first rather than what's my best 11 players and how they're going to play. I think mm. he needs to come with a strategy first and then select the players for the strategy. Mm. Because for me, the polar opposite ones is Trent, or Wan-Bissaka. Who yeah. are you taking? No, that, that makes sense. The John Stone one, I think, is a bit of a no-brainer anyway. Because I think in, he didn't play. He's played a lot of under. Yeah, he anyway, for, it's not like yeah, that's he's a probably big, going to play. That's but like either not way, a massive either, revelation. You could still make an argument where John Stones isn't the starting. Yeah, if you want to play. A, well, uh, Mings and, and Maguire have played loads of games. Yeah, yeah, Mings is having a decent. Mings is having a decent. If you wanted to play a team that's going to sit in a low block, which England fucking should do, because England are blessed with some outrageous, fast, deadly attackers, no cunt in midfield, and then some. A bit of a mixed bag in defence, right? Yeah. So I would say, play on the counter. Mm. You, it, it suits a lot of the players that you've got at the moment. 
And that might mean you do go with Mings over Stones. And a lot of people will go, well, Stones is better. Well, this is the Gerard Lampard mm. fucking argument we had for 20 odd years and why England won fuck all. All right, but going back to that though, yeah. who is better? Who is England's left back in a minute? I mean, it. it I don't so even know. Chua. Often, but right. not always. That's the thing. We, we kind of don't have a first. Like, Chilwell doesn't play every single time for England. I know he's often the first choice, but he's not is he, always. Is he played. always first choice for Do you know someone who's been overlooked this he season? He hasn't been since two years. Cresswell. Cresswell's done fantastic with West Ham this season. He's yeah. played as a left, centre, uh, left side centre half in a three, and he's played as left back um, when they've played a, a back four. And he's got forward. I think he's only like one assist off, off Shaw's total in terms of assists. Mm-hmm. And defensively, he's an absolute fucking rock. But plays for West Ham, won't get fancied. And no one's going to write an article mm. about why Cresswell should play for England. But he should be in the consideration. Now, if England are going to go, we're going to attack, yeah, I think Shaw's probably the first name on the list for that. To that point, um, he's created the most chances of, of any player in the Premier League in 2021 and the most chances of any fullback in the league all season. So going forward, he's got way better, that, hasn't he? He has, yeah. yeah. Not too well, why do you think that is, I, though? I don't like that assist sorry that chance creation thing yeah. because it doesn't tell you the quality he's expected assist is actually under a lot of is it? well um, a, a chance creation is a pass that leads to a shot isn't it regardless yeah. of what happens with that shot yeah and the problem with that is he takes our corners and if Maguire wins a header it goes down as a chance we all know that wasn't a chance yeah one thing I will say for sure though as well I've liked him and Marcus down on left hand side yeah they do that seem looks to be like a there's bit a bit of, of an understanding there which has been lacking and I think the, the, the thing that goes back to as well is Marcus is just a lot better on the left hand side I much prefer Marcus Rashford on that left hand side I'm so glad we've stopped moving him around to yeah it does my head in when I see him on the right and I think yes he'll, he'll always give his all Marcus Rashford you could play him in goal and he'll be like John O'Shea but well, possibly that. got injured yesterday on the back of just mm. putting a 70 yard sprinter. Oli pointed out as well, I was glad he'd be like highlighted that after the game. And had they got a goal, 2 1 with half an hour to go, I think they go on and get at least a draw out. Of Do it. you, okay, sorry, go on. Do you think that, I mean, obviously, we, we, we can all agree Luke Shaw's got much better going forward. Yeah, he I didn't agree seem to that. offer anything going forward for years, and you think no. he's, he's meant well, to be an attacking left back. Do you know when we came out of lockdown? Oh, he's meant to be good going forward. Yeah. And, uh, and people were like, oh, you were great. And you know, I, I was literally going, no. Yeah, and then he had one game. I think it was Villa, where he actually contributed in the final third. Because you know, there's first team players who have gone. I don't like him, and here's why. Mm. And this is what happens in certain scenarios in the game. Um, he's he definitely changed that. Mm. He's definitely changed that aspect of his game. Um, Rio just mentioned upstairs there. He reminds him a bit of Evra, where he's been very good between. He wouldn't he wouldn't say he agreed with me definitely on mm. the defensive side of stuff but he fucking does in a group chat <laughs> um, I don't know why he wouldn't say it on camera but in in between the boxes yeah he's pretty effective mm. I still think there's a lot of lapses in defence when mm. he's defending I think he's the last into the box it was something I was pointing out to you before I think it was about 41 minutes into the game yesterday City had a drive I think it was Rodri Rodri enters the, the D and Maguire can't go and deal with him because Shaw's still in like the number 6 position and some people will go, that's because he's attacking. Mm. It's not. It's all, and if he is attacking, I've got no issue with that sometimes. Sometimes you just up the pitch and that's, mm. that's where you expect Fred, McTominay, people like that to start covering for you. But sometimes you're just not in the right position or you've just been flat-footed. And when he's been flat-footed, I've seen him about three or four times sprint back into position and I've gone, yes. Mm. 
but that's the rarity. The the more likely thing is he jogs back into position. And for me, I don't like that. Well, mm. let, put it this, let me put it this way to you then, right? Okay. But can I just say before we finish on that though, because people think I've got this massive agenda against him. And I'll challenge you to say, what have I said about him that's been provably wrong? Well, because all my issue is in terms of his defensive and the go, he kept Salah quiet. And you're like, did he though? But what I will ask you is this then. You said about him improving going forward. Mm-hmm. Like since lockdown, which isn't that long, can we not see that improvement defensively as well? Then he's obviously a player who's got it in him. Yeah, you probably because could. you've just pointed out. So you, do, you probably could. There's not like he's a. Bad I actually player. think his form's been I'm six I'm weeks. So, I'm not saying people that anyway. going on like it's been the entire season. It really hasn't been the entire season. But the last six weeks, I mean, he had two assists coming into like. Well, that's the what start I mean. He's kicked mm. on again. I'm you know I'm not. But now he's he's added like five in the last six weeks. Or plus, something plus along a goal those lines. as well. Throw that in. Can't yeah, four assists and, and a goal yeah. in his last but like eight I, games. Or something. Yeah. Someone mentioned in my fucking review last night. Oh, 24 minutes and not even mentioned Shaw. <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah, I literally was like give him a lot of credit for. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of give it between the two of them. Henderson for spotting his run and finding him in space and fucking off this playing out the back caper that was shite at. Found Luke Shaw in space. Luke Shaw's either first or second touch. His first touch is, I think, that chest between two men that just yeah. goes straight past Cancelo. Destroys Cancelo by, yeah. by that sort of movement and started an attack. You pointed I out as well. all day long. You pointed out in your view where you said that the, the, the sort of the one, two, whatever was with Marcus wasn't even that great. No, it was <laughs> a shit pass to Marcus and Marcus gave him a shit pass and back. And he felt, he got his And he just kind of was like, oh shit, I'm in the right spot. And it was a great finish. It was, I yeah, saw really like, I saw like Peter Spencer from the area going, oh, it was, flu-. it wasn't, it was a great finish. But do you know on that, I'm more happy that he took the shot mm, because yeah. so many times I see a United player in that sort of circumstance and they'll take a touch or, did he hit it first time? Yeah, right. I think so. Um, he, either took, he either took one touch and hit it or oh, hit right, it first right, time, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. But I think they'll, he they'll either take touch. a touch, they'll yeah. go, oh, it's, it's not me that's meant to shoot. Mm. Like They'll do something and I just thought, I was really happy to see us take shots. That's a good spot to shoot from. Mm. That's, that's a nice place that you've got a good chance of shooting from. Keeper was wrong-footed. He could put it right in the corner. From a technical point of view, re- apart from the, the one-two with Marcus, which both of them were shit, the, the finish was, was top, but mm. it was more the, it was the impetus from that first touch that burst of pace, that change of pace, yeah. left Cancelo in the dust. He might as well have been sitting on a deck chair. He was gone, and then an attack had started. And because United have become this pacey sort of counter-attack inside, it opened us up, and immediately was like, we're in it. Mm. Yeah. Yo, can we get a shot off is all I'm thinking. And a lot of the time is you've got to think, you know, I see people dug out Marcus for, for missing against Leicester. I'm not going to dig out Martial. All I'll ever say is, was it on target? If you don't get it on target, you deserve digging out. But you get it on target, you got to be a bit better than that. you got to be a bit luckier, but you can't dig them out for getting a, a shot on target. I think if he'd have put that one away at 2-0, mm. I think it definitely would have been I'm game so, I was I was good for that as well, because he, he he could have done with that. He had a good performance. That would have given him a really good performance. A goal, getting a penalty, and involved in some decent play. But I just feel like it's still, even though he got man of the match, there's still that thing of, but he should have scored. Do you know what I mean? And I think it would have been but sort I, I of think good for him. I think that's probably right, is that he probably should have scored. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that like, he think, could have done with that. Because you know, just for him, I want to see the anti Marshall of old if from you last are, season. There's a couple of th- two extremes of player. You've got your Tevez and your Berbatov. Yeah. And if you're going to be Berbatov, when that ball falls to you at 12 yard out, mm. you've got to put it away. You can get away with being Tevez if you're bleeding out your eyes to try and put work in. People will accept you maybe not finishing every chance and or maybe scuffing the occasional chance. But if you're going to have that languid, kind of relaxed, chill, sort of not really 
going for it in terms of pressing, you've got to be amazing at the other thing. Um, and you've, you've got to be able to stick the ball in the back of the net when the opportunity arises like that. Especially, because that sees the game off. Now, I don't know, he got away with it, City never even ended up scoring. But we've literally seen games where, it was, look, the Everton, Everton game. Yeah. You know, even yeah, the Everton game at 4-4. Four, four. We make it 5-2, game over. We win uh, another every, title. Every, yeah, that, that or, one on the line. You allow them back onto you, and you that City team and this United team are definitely capable of scoring and conceding a couple of goals in five minutes. Mm. That's a, that another. That's another thing. You know, when I was saying like when Max made his challenge, if they got a goal then, or and I was with you. You know, when Martial didn't score, I thought if they get another goal now, the narrative's going to be that's what's cost us the game, not mm. any good he's done. It's going to be about that, and that's mm. what was worrying me because I, you know, regardless of what we think of players, we all want to see the best for them for Manchester United. Do you mm. know what I mean? And that's what I want to see from Tony Mar- Marshall. You know, and I think that whether we like it or not, a striker's going to get judged on his goals. He will, and he's got four Premier League goals, and people will look at that and go, and on that, four Premier League how goals. How many penalties we had this season? Nine, ten, I guess. Lie, yeah. Right? If Marshall had been taking the penalties instead of Bruno, he'd be on fourteen goals. That's if he scores them all, though, isn't it? No okay, big if, yeah. Good, big Let's if. say he scores seven of those 10. Yeah. Just right, give him like yeah, average. Yeah, yeah, average. Okay, yeah, which is, which uh, is the bang on average. Yeah. yeah, so he's on 11 goals, say, or 10 right. goals. Mm. There's no panic no more. No, that's a good point. That's fair enough, because I think that does play a part in it, you know, when people yeah, we, go... Bruno's been fantastic, but realistically, you're judging your strikers on pure goal output. There's probably like 25 goals in the last year and a half to... to a, distribute amongst other players and Bruno's got them all. Now, Bruno's penalty taking is phenomenal. I understand it. But when you're judging your strikers on goals mm. alone, maybe it would be nice if they were spread out of touch. Do you, but do you think that would work having four penalty takers or do you just think go with the one that's got the 96% penalty success rate? I'm unsure because I think Bruno's uh, little hop, skippity jump at some point will, will come back uh, and be an issue. Mm. Like if it's a, one in every it, 17 did he? he didn't do it yesterday no. he just stood up and, and smacked it in and I think having alternatives in your locker mm. um, and whether that's you know uh, whether that's Marcus whether that's Marshall because if you keep them out of practice the day Bruno goes off or he's injured or he's suspended or just isn't playing and you have to have someone step up who's rusty wouldn't it be better to have even if it's just a slight rotation because one if you're coming to play United are you doing research on Marcus for penalties? Or are you just did, going, it's, it's I'm going to work on Bruno's We, we did that last season, didn't we? Marcus took one in the game, Bruno took one in. Yeah. And then this season against Leipzig at home, Marshall Mar- Mar- took, Mar- took, took one. And put, yeah, so we've had mixed it up a little bit. I know what you mean. Matt taken him in the past as yeah, well. Yeah, it's always been mainly Bruno since he's arrived. Yeah. Um, but we have mixed it up a little bit. I don't know, I just think Bruno, I think he's record 18 out of 19 for me. And yeah. I, I think as well, we had that merry-go-round of Pogba, Rashford, just all sorts I of nonsense going on. I think they were changing through because they were missing. Yeah, and I just think with Bruno, I just stick with you, him. And that's why I think you have a slight rotation where you go, do you know what? Whoever gets it today, Marshall, you're on it. And then the next game, maybe whoever gets it today, Bruno, you're back on. Just to keep the opposition guessing and just to keep that player in the frame of mind and almost make it um, a, a, a listed out thing. Because then if you miss and you're Tony Marshall, well, you was never on it next week anyway, so you've not been demoted. Yeah, yeah. And in a five mm. or six weeks' time, you have another pop at it. Yeah, I, I, I can see the benefits to that. But in my head, pick the player that's most likely to score the penalty would be my way of doing it. But I can see, I can see why that... Then you get to a penalty shootout and everyone flaps. Well, there's that, but you know, it, let's say we were switching it. They, were, it w- they would only have taken two each anyway. 
Do you know what I mean? There's, only, so there's five. Yeah, I, for me, about two I'm each all season anyway. At the minute, I'm just like Last Bruno. season? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Are. we yeah. all have one, including De Gea. Oh, we'd have got one from, down from the stand. Yeah. We were going around season tickets, number 71. Um, Christopher <laughs> Hawkins he said, in 20, 15 to 20 years, do you think Rooney and Gerrard will be managing United and Liverpool respectively? No. Me neither. I hope Steven Gerrard gets the gig next season. Because I though, think he'll happily stop them from winning more titles. It, yeah, it will not take 15 to 20 years. If no. Gerard's going to be Liverpool's manager, it five. will happen in five years' yeah. time. Yeah, like Lampard did. Like you know, and probably Rooney would as well. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if Solskjaer sticks around for another five years. And half of that's imagine if he sticks that's around for five years, he's won the title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or if Champions he doesn't, League. Yeah. the the Glazers have probably shafted him, um, yeah. which you'll definitely be touching on in a minute. But Rooney, from what I'm hearing from the lads at Derby uh, and from what I'm seeing Derby do. Looks all right. Exciting. Uh, Ross Murphy said he's got a mate who's an Arsenal fan. He said that they're, we're just a better version of Arsenal. We'll beat anyone but lose to a poor team, uh, which renders the win against the big six. I'm Stop talking to Arsenal fans about football. That's a good point. Uh, Vishal says, lads, we all know where this captain... Uh, sorry, there's one captain of this team, and that's Bruno Fernandes. Thoughts? Marcus Rashford's my pick. You Rashford. know my thoughts on that. Uh, Robert uh, Tilwiger says... Uh, Tilwiger, sorry, says, um, Joe, what are you using your hair? It looks beautiful. Shampoo, conditioner, and then a, just a, a little cap full of, of olive oil. That's uh, what Christian, I use as well. That's mad, that. Christian Shea says, if the rumours are true, Cavani wants to leave and uh, United wants to trigger Haaland's <laughs> release clause, who would you pick up as a striker in the meantime? Now, speaking of that, we've got a tweet about that. What? Um, and it's Cavani's had enough already? Well, apparently, uh, Manu Olivari has come out and said oh, that yeah, Cavani that wants him. to return to South America this summer with his first choice being Boca Juniors. He w- obviously would have to lower his salary... Uh, considerably first of all Manu Olivari anyone anyone is familiar he, is he, no, no okay good. <laughs> I don't want to guess um, <laughs> who he is is that even a real person how many is he like he's got four followers on Twitter he's got plenty of followers <laughs> is he verified um, <laughs> is that a big problem for United if that's true I mean we, 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 he was definitely a stop guy. under the proviso that, it's, that it is true which it may well not, not a be. big problem by any stretch of imagination I don't think so I think it's a slight concern because it is useful having Edinson Cavani. He has yeah. played his part. I think... I'm going to get pellets for saying this, but... Shit. No. I think it's it's been almost over-exaggerated what he's done a little bit by United fans. Some United fans. We love him, and it's like... He's got, got a great, he's got a great chance. And he did score, you know, he has scored some goals. But if you look at his record... Jay, and some of the I can't missed, let him come it's not and go without amazing. seeing him play in the flesh. I know, I know, I know. And I want to see him, and I'll, I'll know that I'll be singing that song and, you know, to me, like, you know, Can you imagine Old Trafford singing that? It'd be mint. It would be mint. But, you know, there's... Two <laughs> I just want it to happen, Jay. I know. Uh, Manuel Olivari. <laughs> Egalo got his moment. I was going to watch it. Egalo got his. He's Come on. Fucking head in. He's Manuel Olivari isn't verified, but he's got 35,000 followers on Twitter, and he works for Direct TV Sports. And he follows 35,000 people, too. Uh, he follows 1,000, so <laughs> wind your neck in, yeah? Um, how worried are you about that? Like, do you think we need to buy a striker this summer regardless? I did anyway. Yeah. But do you think we will? I don't know because the Glazers ah, are shit. just... <laughs> I got a graphic coming out pretty soon. Whoa. Sick. Hey. This guy graphics, right? Graphic hey. coming so out you real are, soon. You've not lived to see one of his graphics. Absolutely. I mean... They've shafted us, but you're not going to understand the level of shafting that we're going to have. Yeah. It's like a fucking gangbang. I've seen it, and it is pretty rough to watch, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple more Super Chats. Christian has said... If, uh, sorry, I've read that one. Sahaj Shetty, sorry, says, it felt Shakespearean. Ollie 
the Macduff beating the Macbeth in Pep with the Scotsman in midfield. Tell ah, us more, Jay. Despair thy charm, foul yeah. prince, for from his mother's, mother's womb, Macduff was timely ripped. If memory serves, as you well know. The Scottish play. Fucking yes. sub, yes, please. <laughs> Um, See, he's doing you there, isn't he? What was that about? Did you like that? Because the it's the wicked not the look like the, an English lit kind of guy. You look like you might, the, the might be man holding there. a skull and yeah. talking to it. Yeah, that's different. Well, that's <laughs> Hamlet, isn't it? Yeah, all right, sounds odd. Hey. Hamlet. Shakespeare. Hamlet. Hamlet. Last poor Yorick. Was it Shakespeare or was it not Shakespeare? <laughs> Hamlet Shakespeare. alone, you fucking loon. Chaucer. Well. Yeah, he, Hamlet was very much of a loon. Uh, I might read Hamlet. No, Hamlet was a pussy hole. <laughs> he spent the entire play debating whether to kill his... Father's murderer. Did he do it in the end? Sort of, yeah. I went to see Hamlet. The, uh, How are you a sort of murderer? Oh, uh, it was all long-winded, and there yeah. was like a sword fight and poisoning and all this drama. You've got to watch it, mate. Yeah, mate you, could, you, you had to be there. Do you know what I mean? Five hundred years ago, you had yeah, to be there, mate. Oh, mate. Um, we've got another super chat uh, from Resonating Silence, which sounds like sounds like a, it sounds like a punk it sounds band. Like you could have been in when you're about yeah, seventeen. I was going to say it sounds like a, a, a Smiths instrumental, screaming down a mic. You could have got into that. Yeah, you could have done that. West Coast. My name is Stephen, and I'm here to say fish, chips, curry sauce twice a day. Yeah, uh, resonated well silence. Done. Said, you made that Mr. work. I was worried. Can you, you made laugh enough, camera baggers? He made that work. Credit to Mr. House, and he talked about how Diaz at City is constantly keeping eye on the entire centre back on the entire back line, and then Pep said the same thing in his interview with Rio. That's Almost like I know what the fuck it? I'm talking about. Almost. It is actually, isn't it? Um. I want to talk a bit more about the full defence, actually. Wan-Bissaka has kind of gone under the radar in this conversation because we sort of take for granted that he's good defensively. There's also no one else going to play there. Certainly one-on-one. And also, I was going to say, there's no other options. Centre-backs. Maguire and Lindelof. Lindelof, I mean, Maguire gets a lot of, a lot of stick, but almost with the assumption that he's going to be there no matter what because they spend a lot of money. Well, he and is. he is United's best centre-back, I think. I um, think that's fair. Lindelof, I thought was good yesterday. Do you see a, wo- a world where with maybe different midfielders in front of him, with maybe the continuation of Henderson behind him, Lindelof and Maguire as a partnership could ever work, or is it just a ticking time bomb? No, I think probably there's a couple of things at play here. United need to probably embrace the identity of being a counter-attacking side in the big games. And I think that covers up for both Maguire and Lindelof's inability to to run quick, um, or pace as they call it. Mm. Run quick. Yeah, run quick. (laughs) Um, and I think when you have that deep defensive line like that, I think it suits him. And I think Lindelof's very good at that. He's good at reading balls into the channels, dealing with that sort of stuff, staying on his feet, blocking. Pretty good fundamentals of defending. The problem with him is he doesn't have that aggressive defending, that match-winning sometimes needed defending, that mm. hard defending, that uh, the quick recovery, that last-ditch tackle, the... He's not amazing in the air. And here's another thing. People are going to pull out, oh, look how many... There's the problem with stats. Without context, stats are just fucking mental. Mm. Lindelof's got one of the highest heading uh, aerial dual percentages in the league. Mm. But would you trust him in the air? Yeah, no. I mean, Maguire's someone who has a very high heading yeah. thing, but you see it all the time. He's actually brilliant in the air. But the reason for this is, and this is why you have to have context to stats to understand what the, the stats are saying. Lindelof wins headers on the halfway line. Mm. Very often, that's a punt up from the opposition goalkeeper. He's generally under not a lot of real pressure, and he wins those headers, and he does win those headers. Uh, and, you know, and he, he heads it back across the back line, and he does those things quite well. But you can, like, 
he's got a massive deficiency against direct football teams when teams go straight down the pipe. That old school English mm. sort of West like Brom the other day, yeah. the other week, sorry. He suffers and he suffers really badly. Calvert Lewin has actually made him bitch a couple of times. You, you've seen Harry Maguire, uh, Harry. Kane has done it to him. Mm. The the traditional English centre forward style player, he's just no good with. And maybe in those games, Eric Bailly should play mm. because when you play a more continental style team, your Manchester Cities, um, he had a great game Liverpool. once at Juventus. Yes and no in Liverpool because they love a long ball. They love a cross as well. Yeah, they won't want to admit it. Um, but there's there's times when Lindelof is very very good at what you're about mm. to um, play against, and there's times when he ain't the right answer and you need something more combative. And there's a bit some old school style about the way Eric Bailly kind of plays. Mm. But I think yesterday, if Eric Bailly would have played, probably go penalty away. Mm. Do you know something that Lindelof reminds me of? He, he reminds me of Daley Blind a little bit in that sense. That I reckon Lindelof could go to Barcelona or yeah, yeah. look amazing and look like one of the best centre backs in the world. Because yeah. I, I mean, or play I in a championship and never play in the championship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, <laughs> Pique, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's not as good it's as PK. I'm not suggesting he is, but I think PK struggles against a lot of the same things Lindelof does, and he's been regarded as one of the best in the world, and you know, rightly so. I'm, he's not the same level. But systems yeah, matter. Exactly, yeah, systems do, do definitely matter. So, do you think we need a new centre back? Yeah, we probably do. We probably and, it, do. you know, it might not necessarily be either of those two that have to go. It, it might be Maguire. Although I don't think nah, it is. I, I, I tend to leave with manager. No, but you made him captain. He's your record signing. He's playing. Yeah. But it might be him. You know, maybe it is him. Maybe he is the one that would make way. But politically and you know, financially, it ain't going to be But do you him. not think... I mean, I, I, I'm not just saying this because whatever. I do think Maguire is our best centre-back. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I think when you take everything into consideration, fitness, the availability, yeah. the performances, overall, yeah. Oh, his yeah. injury proneness is sensational. That's what yeah. I mean. Or lack of injury. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. And that, you know, Eric Bay is amazing, but he plays once every three games for a reason, yeah. if that. Yeah. Um, right, I reckon that's a good place nice to wrap it up there. Well uh, let us know in the comments what you think uh, to Shaw and Henderson in particular. Um also, I'm just going to say, uh, we've got a members video coming out this <gasps> week. So oh, dick sure. out or not? No dick out. We're, not, we're keeping them in on this one just because, you know, mm. legally and all that sort of stuff. Um, you can, on the flop, it's all right. Do you think? It's, if it's like, like Jay's, uh, Shakespeare and that, they do it there, don't they? Educational. Mm, I wouldn't say that. Unless it's <laughs> sort of checking out what's wrong D- with... There might be dick out. Why don't you join as a member and find out? But if you do join as a member and we get to a thousand, <laughs> we're like 60, 70 away from a thousand members. Yeah. Mm, we're doing a, a 1991 Cup Winners Cup watch along mm. and we'll get a player in for it. So if you'd like to watch that, then join as a member. It's next to the subscribe button below. Hit the join. Mm. Come and be a member. Yes. Uh, and also coming out at seven o'clock tonight. Premier League piss take and there's actually finally quite a bit to take the piss out of because I don't know if you know this City lost yesterday no I didn't know stupid idiots so did Liverpool Arsenal who cares but they dropped points as well it's a good episode make sure you check out 7 o'clock tonight thank you very much for joining us D thank you for joining us of course Jay thank you to everyone for joining us at home Um, this has been the Stratford Paddock podcast I suppose we'll see you in a bit Sports Social Podcast Network